Welcome to Conversational Commerce. Each week, we'll be having real and raw conversations with operators and experts in e-commerce, all about what conversational commerce means to them. I'm your host, Stephanie Griffith. Let's jump in. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Postscript. There are other SMS solutions out there, but Postscript is hands down our favorite SMS tool for e-commerce brands using Shopify and Shopify Plus. They work with some of our favorite brands like Olipop, Brooklinen, Kapari, and thousands of others. And sure, they are our sponsor for this show. Thanks, Postscript, but we love them for many other reasons. Postscript is the leader empowering brands to have two-way conversations with their customers using conversational commerce. They have integrations with your favorite platforms like Gorgeous and Klaviyo, so your brand can be truly conversational. Most importantly, their customer support is next level. I've worked with brands that use Postscript and have been blown away by their customer support. It's no wonder they have over 1,400 reviews and are rated 4.9 stars in the Shopify App Store. For a free 30-day trial, check out our link in the show notes or visit them at postscript.io. Again, that's postscript.io. Hey folks, welcome back to Conversational Commerce. Uh, today is an exciting doubleheader. So we are joined now by Tiffin, who is the CEO of Isle. And we are so excited to have him here with us today. Tiffin, gonna kick it over to you to tell us a little bit of a little bit more about you and what you're doing at Isle. Let's go. Thank you, Stephanie. And I'm not sure when we're recording this, but happy day of the week to the listener out there. Hopefully we don't have the parameters where it's like day underscore of week. But yeah, guys, getting into it to all you listeners out there. My name's Tiffin. My first name is Chris, but unless you're my mom who's mad at me, you're calling me Tiffin. And I was, long story short, right? Too long, didn't read. I was one of the first employees at Super Coffee, right? Maybe number five, six, who really cares? But um, when there was like, okay, Tiffin, you're pretty nerdy. You're kind of weird. You wear glasses. Do you want to run around my business, Right. And fresh out of school, I had no idea. I was like, sure, okay. I had no idea what a P&L was, a 3PL, what Clavio was, none of that. And long story short, we scaled it up pretty quickly over the last two years. But the craziest part, Stephanie, is the average CPG brand has no idea who their in-store shopper is, why they're buying, how to get them to re-and-buy, quote-unquote, lifetime value buzzword. Yeah, none of that just exists for the majority of the revenue for the CPG brand. So that's exactly what we're building. I love that. Yeah, I am a big fan of what you're doing at Isle for, for many reasons. So for those that haven't used it, um, I'm going to give a really basic overview, and I would love to hear more from you. It is an awesome grocery rewards program all up in your text messages. So it's all, it's all through SMS, which I absolutely love. I love how conversational it is. And when I first signed up, I was really blown away. Um, so Tiffin would love to hear a little bit more. Like, how did you come up with the idea for Isle? Why SMS? Like, let's let's unpack more of this. So yeah, how we got to totally text message based? A couple things. I believe in three things, right? Death, taxes, and no one has space on their phone for another iPhone app. Like the fact that we have to download another app to do one percent of your daily life that you use one time. Absolutely whack, right? Uh, no, thank you. Second reason. Right. And kind of I, I used to say this facetiously when I pitch investors because I thought it was funny. But now it's kind of fit into my repertoire of like words. But product founder fit. Right. There it is. And everyone listening, I'm definitely not a stand up comedian, but I like to think that I'm pretty witty and, and quick to respond. And the best thing about text messaging 
whether in a group chat or whatever, is there's always a back and forth dialogue, right? So let's say, Stephanie, I appreciate the intro to IO is actually pretty much exactly what it is. Let's say if you submit a picture of your receipt from Whole Foods and it has all this fresh produce and yada, 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 I'll be like, what's going on, Chef Boyardee? I like to see what you're cooking up, right? So it's like very, it's like you're actually talking to a real human being, right? But I would say you nailed it. And fun fact, I actually hate the word cashback. Like, I hate the word cashback, promo, discount, like rebates, all that stuff actually makes my skin crawl simply because that's not what we're about, right? It's like we're a product. If you talk about the vision over the next 20 years, it's like we're a product discovery platform built entirely within your text messages, right? Because if you go to Google or Yahoo or if you're weird like that, you go to Bing and you type in, I'm hungry, what should I have for dinner? They're going to show you the highest cost per click or the BuzzFeed article with 28 million backlinks. Like, it's just not personal to you, you know? Yeah, you nailed it. And I know, I know we made this joke before we, we just hit record, but I think it's applicable here. So I'm going to make it again, um, except relevant, relevant to what you're doing. And I would say that IELTS is not like regular cashback rewards programs. It's a mm. cool cashback rewards program because it is conversational and it's not an app. It's so easy and it's so fun. I mean, truly, again, from the onboarding experience to when I get, uh, you know, the messages reminding me to upload my receipts, like I'm never mad about it because I'm like, yes, remind me to engage with this program. So you, oh, so you can, you know, maybe the most important part, so you can send people money for what they're buying. <laughs> and wait, do we want to drop in your referral link in the show notes? But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we'll put a special uh, conversational commerce referral link in the show notes. You beat me to it. But yes, we should definitely do that because I would love to spread the good gospel of IELTS. But yeah, I, I, I appreciate you saying that because that was the whole narrative, right? And that was my whole yeah. thought of, of building this and having it be so kind of fun, relaxed, like for the people out there, uh, really quick, when you submit your first receipt, right? Or your second receipt, I actually forget, you'll get a canned response, right? But it's fun. It says deli counters be like, we got your receipt, take a number and we'll call you when it's your turn. And it's like these kind of like, situational things where yes it's pretty funny it's contextually funny because it's based on actually a grocery receipt but yeah that's what we're trying to be right we're trying to make cash back fun and cool not like this belaboring kind of do it in secrecy of like coupon clipping and all of that the huge players in the space that have paved the grocery aisle for us they got people used to that behavior right and now we just got to make it a little bit more fun and that's where we are I love it. And I think that's where, you know, this ties in really nicely. And the reason why I wanted to talk to you and have you on the show is I think it's a really unique way to bring com conversational commerce to life while kind of bridging that online and offline experience. So for the listeners out there, I would love to get your, your perspective on what, what is conversational commerce? What does it mean to you? And how is it relevant to what you're doing at IELTS? Yeah, great question. I look at it like this, right? And kind of what is occurring at aisle is people will try products that we recommend because they think they're talking to a human being, right? And whether they are not, like there is this phenomena that people associate texting aisle with talking to Tiffin or talking to Bridget, right? Someone on the team. And that immediately creates more trust, right? It's not just talking to another chatbot, which we could talk about in a couple minutes. 
Right. Like that is the underlying principle and the whole my kind of perception of conversational commerce is think about when you ask your friend for where you should go for dinner. Right. Or like what jacket you should buy or any of these things like your friend is actually convincing you to buy that. It's not the ad that you saw. It's not the text message that you got. It's not the email, like the re-engagement flow. It is your friend vouching for that. You're like, all right, I'll pull the trigger and then you buy that. So that's kind of whole entire principle I look at. The lens I look through it is we want to be the best friend in your text messages that will never ghost you. I love that. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I think the the human element that you've touched on is so, so, so important. And we're finding is so key to really all of these conversations that we're having. It's that human efficacy element of like, there are people on the other sides of brands. There are people building the brands. There's people marketing the brands. That's, that's me. Hi, the marketer here. And Matt, like that is, that's what we do. And then of course, there's people who we want to convince to purchase, like we are still, of course, talking about, you know, getting people to buy things like that, that, that is still a core element of what we're doing. But I think we're all here because we do believe it can be more fun. It can be more conversational. And if we make it feel more human, that's the fun unlock for brands and purchasers. Um, because that's exactly what all of us are, right? Yes. Yes. You nailed it. Right. Um, cause I look at it back in, Let's talk about the OG days. Let's go back to my dorm room, aka the brother's couch, Super Coffee Brothers couch for all those out there. Um, I used to live on their couch for, for quite some time. And back in the, it was like 2018, right? Anyone who followed us or liked the picture or commented on Instagram immediately got a, got a Instagram DM video from me being like, what's going on? Happy Thursday. It's Sipper from Super Coffee. Thank you so much for liking that picture. We think your dog is so cute. Here's a coupon code for you personalization not at scale and it made all the difference right and i even look yeah. at it now with aisle right sorry i'm going on a quick tangent we are super young right like we pretty much started earlier this year we've scaled up pretty quickly from a thousand people in earlier this year to now we're approaching forty-five thousand users so scaling super quickly right and we've messed up tons right? Because we don't have an app. We can't hide behind a patch fix or like anything like that. Like if we mess it up, you're getting texted and it's probably not the right thing that you're supposed to get. But since people think of us as a human and they're like, oh, it's okay, Tiffin. Like there's so much more understanding, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it's like, look at the OGs on Twitter, talk about Twitter, of like Eli and this customer experience. Like it is really this idea of like building trust and empathy with the user or who we like to call our friends that means more than anything else. But oh. yeah. Yeah. No, no. Everything you're saying is so, so on point. I like, I have chill. This conversation is giving me chills because I've no, really like it's, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to sound like a broken record because we really do keep hearing these like little bits and pieces from all of our fantastic guests that are playing off of one another. So well, and so your your point on like you know it's it's personalization, but it's it's not at scale. But that's what matters. Like, do it because that is what matters, um, yeah. and because it's the right human thing to do. And yeah. on the the conversational side, I I actually I think I can confidently say this. So I'm signed up for so many SMS programs because I've I've been giving talks on it. I wanted to deeply ingrain myself in the channel, so my my phone is always blown up. <laughs> 
I respond to some of the brands that I get text messages from, but I respond the most to aisle. And when I respond and I send my receipts, I'm like, Ayo, like, let me get that cash back to my Venmo. Like, where are my Olipop credits, please? Like, it's, it's fun. It's fun for me because it yes. really does feel like someone is there looking at my receipt. I sent an image yep. of the wrong thing, actually. Yeah. Like, I, I, I fudged up. I sent a receipt yeah. that didn't have the date. So I was like, oops, realized I had to resend this. And I got a response back. And like, I don't know if this was a, an automated one or not, but damn, it felt natural because they were like, oh, yeah, all good. We got you. We got that receipt. Yeah. Like, we'll, you know, we'll get it handled. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like, it is the most natural and the most conversational text message program I am part of right now. Um, oh. I'm so excited to talk to you about it. So, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so epic. Thank you. I mean, yeah, that the team, we have some unreal people on the team mm -hmm. that really help craft that tone of voice, right? Because and how it works and kind of give you a semblance of like the inner workings of it, mm -hmm. right? And I, I love how you mentioned you had no idea whether it's an automated a can response or an actual human. Magicians be like, I'll never reveal my tricks, but there's like the smallest things, right? Of what we can do to whether or not it is or I can response, I'll never tell. Call me Nicholas Cage and the National Treasure, but it's like adding time to the response, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal my cards, I guess, right? And if you submit a receipt, we found that people want an automated message because they just want to know that we like they get it, right? Mm -hmm. So pro hack number one, Tiffin's Tiffin's talk number one. Oh, well, that's so corny, pun intended is we added a five minute timer mm. to that receipt submission automation, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, nice. You think it's a human because a bot would respond right away. That's a very body thing to do. Whereas like five minutes, realistically, I mean, if you text my personal phone, I'm not responding to you for five hours. So five minutes is pretty good, right? You don't want to be too eager. <laughs> it's like, you can't show your cards right away. Be chill. Yeah, you got to be chill. <laughs> no one likes pushing. No, that's I love that. And I think that's something I think I will say when I first signed up. And I, I'm sure you had this when I feel like I probably had a pretty viral moment. I remember folks jumping on it on yeah. Twitter. I saw Eli post about it. I think Val Geisler was on that train. And I was like, yes. what is this? What is this grocery text thing? Yeah. Let me just, you know, fuck around and find out. And yeah. I was like, damn. And so, but I will say, I think for me, I was like, I was looking for that confirmation of, did you get my receipt? Am I going to, you know, is this real? Am I really yes. going to get money directly sent, you know, to my Venmo? And the answer you know, is yes. Um, without yep. fail, I have never had any issues there. Um, but I, I love, I love that you, you know, put those safeguards in to say, hey, we got you don't you worry, like, you know, we're handling it and it still feels human, but obviously there is some magic going on behind the scenes to make that yeah. happen and to bring that to life. That, that mini, that like kind of viral moment, it's happened a couple of times, weird flex, but like it's happened a couple of times. And let's talk about, let's talk about this for a minute, right? Like this transition from, and we see it everywhere, right? Uh, from automation to personalization at scale. And I will tell you, it is so hard, right? And it is the one thing, like, classic investor question be like what keeps you up at night and for me it's being able to provide personalization at scale because it is so dang hard right and i'm not talking about personalization where it's like oh hey steph like we're on a first name basis now what's going on but it's more like recalling what you've purchased previously 
right? Like seeing where you shop, yada, yada, yada. Because a couple months ago, right, two months ago, back when he had half of the users we have right now, it was all manual, right? Mm-hmm. So everything. And that, that doesn't scale. <laughs> this whole, like the classic do things that don't scale. We did that for as long as we could until it's like, holy smokes, we're staring at 5,000 conversations that re- that require manual responses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we went from super personalized to automation and now the question we always have with the team and again i would say it's probably 90 percent this blend of like 90 percent 85 percent because we want to be able to operate at scale and it's like finding that balance is the most fun right but it's like the billion dollar question yeah i love that and um you'll hear once we once our episodes are released we just had a fantastic conversation with val geisler uh from clavio this morning and she talked about something i think you'd be really interested in and kind of breaking down how like yes there are so many elements of these these one-on-one two-way conversations that don't Mm -hmm. scale for for any brand it doesn't matter if you are creating a product, you're offering a service, or you're, you know, b- building the best grocery rewards app in your text messages. Like, yeah. as, the, as the founder, you can start out by wanting to be super in touch with your customers, really powering those conversations. But then all of a sudden, it goes from five to 500 to 5000. And you say, Oh, shit, we, we're not gonna be able to manage this if we if we don't automate it. So it's taking those steps. And I think what you're doing right is you're making sure that the conversational element is the foundation of what you're automating. So I'm, I, I'm, I would love to know the type of conversations you're, you're having internally of like, does this sound right? Like, who is driving that? It's, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, like, you just naturally are a vibe. Like, you've got the tone, the tone and voice, like, on lock. But how, how are you able to translate that? And how do you keep it feeling natural and conversational as you're scaling great question it's funny right because people and and you said something earlier in the interview that i think is super valid is people like is this real right because your current understanding like pretty much everyone's current understanding of a a platform is you go to the app store and you download it you go to your web browser you download it on your computer but for us, it's it's like what they want me to they they're gonna text me right. So the first thing and kind of like our, a big cultural pillar for us is we try to personalize the brand as much as possible, and we're super big on video, right? Like we don't really post that often, uh, like in terms of still pictures. We go deep on video, right? Because that allows you to understand who the brand is. That gives you a sense of like what kind of jokes we'll make in the text message. Like for people who sign up right now, right? Um, they'll actually, when they get their welcome text of welcome to aisle, they'll either get one of two things. They'll get an invite to my calendar to put time on to chat for 15 minutes just to personally get you up to speed of this is the type of jokes you make. This is, Or the other one is just a link to our YouTube video, like our most popping YouTube video, right? which is a funny one, reading the shit that people text us, which is his, it is my favorite video of all time. I don't care. It is literally, because people will text us such mean things, right? I'm like single tier Michael Jordan meme. It's like, people be like, F you, Tiffin. Tiffin, you're a scam. Where's my money? Like, Tiffin, Reggie is the ugliest dog ever. Like, I'm like, people, we got feelings over here, you know? Right? Let me get back to answering your question. It, it actually is building 
a br- I hate this word, right? But building a brand around the tone of voice so the tone of voice and everything makes sense. Otherwise, you're like, who is this random man named Tiffin texting me? But it's like, if we send YouTube videos and really build that kind of additional layer outside your text messages, you're like, ah, oh, I get it. But yeah. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I think I was what I think I did receive the video and I was just like, who is this dude? And he is out here just like reading off. I, I can only imagine. So like, are there, I hope people are also sending you nice things. Do you have any fun examples of like, do people send you pictures of their pets or like fun things too? We have a fans of aisle Facebook group that I just didn't even know about. We'll send selfies and I'll be like, guys, we're having a little backup. Thank you so much. And they're like, it's okay, Tiffin. Like, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for allowing us to qu-. like, yes, we have it. Is, and again, another buzzword that I try to avoid, but like, we have such a deep community that they're like, if anyone throws shade or like throws hate, like they'll bully them in the comments of like, get out of here. Like, don't be mean to t-. like people like it's, it's a vibe, you know? And yeah, people send us pictures of their puppies, of their iguanas, of their dogs, like, of like things that are, we're definitely not supposed to go to us, which I'll keep out of this, out of this conversation. Not safe for work tag. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You're cracking me up. Um, I mean, great user gener- generated content opportunity. I can see, I can see a VIP track going on, but really like, I think in an appropriate way, you guys yeah. are built to solicit really fun responses. I've got cats. And so that, I think when I first tweeted about Isle, one of my only complaints was like, no dog pictures and like, not enough cat content. Like, come on, there's cat ladies out here too. So I promise you, I'm definitely going to send a selfie back and I'm going to send you some cat pictures because you need some <laughs> cat U- UGC. <laughs> yes, let's go. Everyone, come on, come on. I don't care if you like cats, dogs, or even those weird hairless cats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, hairless cats need love too. Okay. Love. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. We'll give them so, a couple bucks back on their uh, catnip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hilarious. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about the data aspect of mm. Isle because that's, and you know, as much as you're allowed to say, of course, but yeah, that's totally. where my mind goes on the marketing side. And something I think you touched on earlier is like trying to provide these personal recommendations based on prior purchase history. And I think that's something that has historically been really difficult. I mean, who I think it was Target that came under fire for sending out coupons to people because they, they think they might be pregnant um, and just oh. making these assumptions. Yeah. No, this is a real thing. There's Google. Oh There's whole story. God. Yeah. And, but they're, they're making a lot of assumptions, even though they have a wealth of, of data. So I'm curious, like, what type of data are you guys capturing at Isle? What what is the the good ways in which you're trying to use that data to provide better user experiences? Yeah, yeah, great question. So there's a couple of things that I'm very anti, right? I am very anti any excess information, right? So and if you'll like you got it in the sign up flow, right? Like first name, last name, phone number, and your main grocery store, no side base, right? Like. That is all. We don't ask for your bank account information. We don't ask for your credit card because it's kind of useless, right? Not to mention you could get it from a bunch of other vendors. So how we view it is these brands, like the brands, again, coming from an operator background, air quotes for those people who are just tuning in, like we have no idea what people are actually buying, right? And I know the classic thing rolling around marketing departments is like, uh uh-oh, here he goes. 
personas. People, we love talking about personas. The healthy hustler, the super fit 32-year-old mom that only eats organic ice cream. Like, that's not actionable, right? That doesn't help for anyone. And so kind of how we look at sharing this data is for the brand, it's like, look, we can actually tell you the exact products. Like, we will be so transparent. We will give you it all. Like, here's your top products. This is your repeat purchase rate by SKU. Like, all the same DTC understandings we have from the DTC side to the retail side of the business. And then from the user side, right, we only we only get your receipt, right? Like, we don't ask for anything else because all that really matters to us is that we're able to provide you with the best possible brands that we know you'll love. Because you brought up a, a really good point is since people associate us as a human being, whether they're talking to Tippin or someone on the team, our word and our recommendations matters more than anything, right? Because if we say we're going to pay you, if we say you should try this brand, you're going to be so put off if, oh, my God, Tiffin, Tiffin recommended this brand. I absolutely hate it. Fuck that dude, right? Like you're never going to use this again. I just don't know why this information isn't readily accessible to brands previously, right? Like I left half of my options at Super Coffee on the table because I was like, hold up, wait a minute. We are spending so much money on these marketing programs, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like a black box and we just know that it's working. So we're going to keep putting money into it. But it's like, wait a minute, let's just peel back the onion one more time. And now it's even more data unlocked. I keep using these food puns. I know they're kind of corny. That's my bad, but yeah. No, we love it. And first of all, I want I want to send you to every every business school that needs a marketing lesson by Tiffin because it would be <laughs> so so fun. Because uh, and I I went to business school. I went to school yeah. for marketing, and it's the real old school kind. They didn't talk about email. They didn't talk about anything fun. They were not talking about Twitter and not talking about SMS. So lots of room for improvement there. But I'm gonna go on record and say personas are bullshit. And I think you would agree with me. And second to that is personas are not personal. Like it is a cohort. It is an ideal cohort at that. You are creating yep. what you think you want your customer groups to be. And then if someone doesn't fit into that, well, then you're like, oh shit, why didn't the marketing campaign work? We built it for the personas that we also created. So I think yep. this is amazing. Um, and and you're, this is, to me, this is fascinating because I guess, me largely working in e-commerce, we have so much data and you understand yes. the VTC, the data is there. And that's why a lot of us do what we do because we can see what works. We can see what doesn't work and usually kind of figure out why. For retail, um, and I did a brief CPG stint with Scott's yeah. Miracle Grow a long time ago, you don't have that data. Your retailers sometimes aren't sharing that back or when you're trying to enter the retail space, that data isn't readily available. And so it makes it hard for marketers, for, you know, for companies to provide the optimal experience to, you know, people as the end yep. user, because that yep. data is not bi-directional. They're trying to keep their sales on lock. They've got limited shelf space that you're trying to, you know, bid and, and fit, on, fit yes. into. And then you're like, well, is it working? Are, are we going to the stores and are we figuring out what's working? And I, I had no idea until you mentioned that, that that was still such a pervasive issue. Oh my, it is literally highway robbery, right? Like all these retailers have so much data and mm -hmm. even like Nielsen, I, like the key, like kind of databases that all these brands use, right? It doesn't show you repeat purchase rate by SKU. It doesn't mm -hmm. show you the repeat purchase rate at a retailer level. Like mm -hmm. there is 
so much data there that just powers a story, right? Because if you're Joe Schmo with the brand low, low, right, or whatever, and you have three SKUs and you know the repeat purchase rate on this SKU is incredibly high in this retailer, then you're going to go to your buyer, right, the person who allows you to get on shelf and say, look, we know the repeat purchase rate is 85%. They buy seven units per month and they also shop online. It's like, that's a no brainer, right, for everyone involved. So, yeah, it is, it's just like so crazy how antiquated some of this stuff can be, even though mm-hmm. grocery shopping is ubiquitous, right? It's like literally for everyone, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great, the great equalizer, right? We all have to yeah. grocery shop. <laughs> everyone eats, you know? But, oh my yeah. gosh. I'm, I'm gonna, I've never laughed more on an episode. So I, this is, this is really, really incredible personal point of view, the brands that are on there are awesome, fun, sexy, DTC, like up and coming brands. They're definitely not, you know, bottom of the barrel, like generic brands for, you know, for, for, I don't have a better way to phrase that. So I'm curious, are, are you guys like, are you going out to brands that you want to work with and saying, Hey, you should join Ion. Here's why we think that, or are brands coming to you? Like what's, what's that process? So let me preface all of this by saying, Selling coffee on the internet is so much different than selling to other human beings. Like B two B is such a different selling world that I definitely. Whew. But to to answer your question, it really is a mix. You know, mm-hmm. like some brands and LinkedIn low key is kind of popping, right? And it's so funny because we have a great content content creator. She came from bar school. Now she leads our content, and we'll start to get inbound from there. It's like, wow, Tiffany, you're like your videos look so professional. I'm like, yeah, it is a hot mess under the hood, but I'm like, come on in. Let's go. It looks great. You know? So I would say it's, it's a mix of both me going to brands and being like, Hey, I actually know everything about your shopper. I know your repeat purchase rate on X, Y, Z and kind of dangle that little carrot pun intended again in front of the like brand's face. So yeah, it's a, it's a mix of both. Luckily, I've been super blessed to have like super, like just growing up in the super coffee world, right? Cause I really did grow up professionally there that they kind of gave me that background, but yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Nice. And I know you've touched a little bit on some of, you know, the benefits for, for like the benefits of using it, obviously on the consumer side is you're hopefully you're getting introduced to new brands and you're getting, you know, there's that cash back incentive uh, to do so. But so from your perspective, what are those benefits to brands? And then ultimately, what is that benefit you are trying to provide to the consumer now and in the future? Yeah, let's let's start with the user, right? Because that's kind of the user drives the whole entire business, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is an assumption, but most people not in the CPG world hate grocery shopping, right? Mm-hmm. It's inconvenient. That's so many options. That's like a chore, right? But I think there's so much fun to be had in the grocery store that, and not even grocery store, right? It starts at Walmart and Target as well. Like, I want to make grocery shopping fun. Because if you think you go in and there's a 16, like my little brother is probably like packing shelves and he hates his life and he doesn't want to be there. You ask for something, he's going to give you attitude, right? Like, I want to make grocery shopping fun and enjoyable because food is like a bonding element, right? Mm. So, and, and kind of how that takes shape is we might be coming out with a few games within your text messages. The more you play, the more cash back you get on certain brands, right? Each receipt is a token. So you submit a receipt, get an extra life, get more money, that kind of thing, you know? Ultimately, just want to 
I want to bring the same joy that I have for grocery shopping and food and trying new brands to all of America, right? And making these brands affordable is like another buzzword, right? And I don't really care that much about macroeconomic factors. Inflation, shrinkflation, inflation, hyperinflation. The Fed goes like the printer goes like, right? But yeah, just trying to make grocery shopping fun for the user. And then for the brands, super simple, right? They got to win in retail. The only way to win in retail is to pump volume and to pump units. So we're an easier, frictionless way to pump units. And then we just, again, peel that on, peel that data on your back one layer and say, yes, you're driving units, but this is everything that's driving those units. And then a little secret that hasn't fully been announced yet. Um, but I'm sure you've been to some place where you got handed a sample, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. The crazy part about it, those samples, that takes up such a large budget of a brand, like of a brand's budget, right? It's like giving out free product, free sampling. It's a huge chunk of these brands' budgets. And the crazy part is they have no idea if you actually liked it, if you repurchased, what else did you buy, where else do you like to go grocery? Talk about another black box that no one has really tackled yet, right? So, yeah, like a new innovation we have coming out, and a few brands are starting to pilot it is you'll be able to text a certain number or scan a QR code, sign up for aisle, and you'll be able to get that free drink or that free snack. And then we'll be able to kind of follow you throughout your whole entire journey. So then I can go back to the brand, right? And I know this podcast is is brought to you by Postscript, but let's say it was sponsored by a CPG brand, right? And the CPG brand was like, hey, all of you commerce listeners, well, Gross Park, text yada, yada, yada to this phone number, right? And get a free, like, good culture cottage cheese. I just plugged them because they're my boys. And then, bang, you go to the grocery store, you submit a picture of your receipt, you get cash back on that, and then we get to see what else you buy, and we share that to the brand. So it's kind of the beginning of bridging that offline activity to kind of in-store activation, and then even getting some kind of, like, uh, paid social stuff involved as well, so. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've got like marketing chills for real because I think, and this, you just answered that so eloquently. So thank you. I think a big problem, and I think this, I think Leo from Repeat um, is really, yeah, he's really fun on Twitter. He said this recently it's so difficult to sample DTC brands. Of course, like you have the brands that launch online. Um, I think, you know, Olipop started that way, of course, and, you know, love Olipop, but so many folks were really hesitant. They're like, what is this healthy, you know, this healthy soda beverage? Like, what does it taste like? It still comes down to that for CPG products, whether it's consumables or, you know, skincare or something along those lines of like, if you can't easily try it, how do I know I want to sign up not just for one purchase, but become a repeat purchaser and then even become a subscription or long-term buyer? So if you yeah. can't if you can't bridge that gap, um, I think that's a huge challenge for, for DTC brands. And it sounds like you guys are really about to crack the code on solving that. Huge, right? Because we did that at Super Coffee. We did the three bottles free, just pay for a ship. Like every brand does this nowadays. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. not novel to anyone. But it's like, even then, then it's like, you got to get them into that auto subscription and it's clanky and clunky. But like, imagine if you can just text a number, you go go get your product at the grocery store. You only need to buy one unit. And then it's like, oh, wow, this stuff slaps. And a good example, and I'll plug one more brand that I absolutely love personally, Snacklings, right? Mm. 
Oh my God, right? I'm not a Maryland boy, but that Chesapeake Bay rocks my socks. And it's the same thing with all of our users, right? Because we'll get feedback on products. They're like, Tiffin, thank you so much for letting me try this brand. I'm literally obsessed. And all it takes is one, right? Like they just need to try it one time. And then they went, now they send us a screenshot of their subscribe and save on Amazon, right? They do all these things. And yeah, it's like, all right. Now we start to understand the lifetime value of our shopper across the whole entire spectrum. Oh man, I think it's, I'm so glad that you, you joined us to talk about this today because like, yes, on the surface, aisle is super fun. It is, I think, such an amazing example of how to use SMS the right way. It's conversational. So it's, it's powering conversational commerce. It's all of those fun things. But I think you, I mean, you've lifted the hood a little bit, obviously, because there's so much that goes, goes on behind the scenes to actually power that and bring that to life. Like, as much as, you know, we all want to think it's, it's just Tiffin, he's, this is the sole dude behind Isle. Like, yes, and there's all of these things that, that go into it. I know you've mentioned a couple of brands that are, you know, some of your favorites, but I'd love to know, do you have any, like, any really standout brands that you can think of that maybe were skeptical of using it or, you know, they were trying it out just to see how it would go and saw a really cool kind of impact for their brand exposure or, you know, consumer adoption? Yes, yes. There, there's a bunch of, um, and I think high level, you know, what's so funny is as a young professional, like, and again, not Gen Z, in between Gen Z and millennial, right? It's like that JG Wentworth commercial. It's my money and I want it now. Like I'm used to immediacy and ease and something that's very quick. What's actually interesting is that we usually deal with like the, a retail marketing person, right? So they're used to setup forms and like this very long antiquated process. And it's so refreshing for them where now they don't have to do 8 million steps to get set up for this program. It's just like downloading a Shopify app, right? It's like you talk to Tiffin, you set it up, you're done. And now it's like, oh, whoa, this is cool. So I think the biggest kind of thing was seeing the shift in what is typically a very low tech kind of place in terms of like marketing kind of start to evolve with the times, which is cool. But yeah, it is like actual veggies. Awesome brand, right? They're super, super cool. Haley and Jason are, are the goats. And it's just cool because as a new brand, right? They're like, Tiffin, we got to pump volume in Sprouts. And now not only do they get to see the volume and be our users go nuts over them, it is like, okay, this is their favorite flavor. This is the repeat purchase rate. So that informs their whole entire, like a good chunk of their go-to-market strategy and other retailers, you know? And the other one, good culture, sour, good culture, cottage cheese, sour cream. I'm not sure how you guys feel about sour cream, like uh, cottage cheese, you know? I'm a big fan. Yeah. I right. love pineapple. Okay. Fair. Honestly, I'm a, it's a little weird for the mouth feel for me. It's like tapioca balls. I can't get into boba tea because it's like the mouth. It just, everyone else I know loves it and is obsessed with it, but it's a texture thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm weird with like textures. Um, that's a different, I guess that's a different podcast, but we started off with like, all right, pilot campaign, let's move 2,500 units in 30 days. Right. I was like, this was a couple months ago. I was like, all right, I have no idea who buys cottage cheese. I'm like, I've never been exposed to it. And I was like, all right, Tanner, we'll move 2,500 units in 30 days. Fast forward 30 days, the product went viral within our little IO community and we moved 29,000 units in 30 days. Yeah, that was wild, right? 
Yeah, I think there's all those types of stories where brands are like, wow, Tiffin, we actually didn't know this was the repeat. We didn't know that this was our top SKU in Whole Foods. Or it's like, these brands have no idea what the repeat purchase rate is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like the information that we're providing, it's like, wow, this is cool because I didn't even know that this was possible. No, I think that's that's fantastic. And from my brief stint on the CPG days, something we were trying to push was, so I was at Scott's Miracle Grow, this was yeah. years ago. And they were still big on rebates, like physical, print the shit out, fill, you have to, you have to write your name and you have to put it in the mail. And it was mind blowing to me as a marketer because they would, you know, internally, it's like, well, we're working with the company to purchase all of these rebates to be printed and, you know, included on packages or given out at, at major retailers, like, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, et cetera. And then they come back and they wonder, they're like, well, we have like a 0.5% take rate. What in the the F? So it's just like, well, yes, because you're making it so difficult for the user to do that. Like, who wants to fill out the damn rebate and send it in the mail? Because, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. So it's a weird psychological play because, yes, the consumer behavior is, oh, I'm going to buy this because I'm going to get money back. But then it's too hard to get the money back. So then I'm not going to do it. But then I might actually have a negative sentiment with the brand because I couldn't even... I couldn't, I couldn't get the value or maybe it didn't feel as much of a, a value because I didn't get yes. it. So I think you're unlocking a new type of consumer behavior of like, people want to try brands. They do need an incentive to do that. Um, and you need to make it, you need to make it easy. You need to make it fun. And I think I'll really hits on all of those things. So it's rebates, but make it fun. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's like, that's just that instant Venmo hits differently than a gift card or like, yes. oh, you got to wait till you have $20 and like, Get that out of my face, man. Give me more money. I'm sure I'm not like every aisle consumer, but I'm sure a lot of people operate this way. I will leave that money in my Venmo and like watch, you know, watch the money pile up. And <laughs> but then I'll go back and I'm like, I'm going back to the site. I'm looking at what the new offers are. I'm, yep. you know, getting ready to go to Trader Joe's or Sprouts yes. or Whole Foods to find those products because I know I'm gonna get more money back because of it. So it is this fun, like you know, there's that, like that little dopamine hit of like, Ooh, like I unlocked another one. I unlocked another level. So it does feel kind of like a game. And it is that immediate kind of gratification of like, I didn't have to wait really long to recognize the benefit of what was promised to me. Yeah. Wow. That gets me high. (laughs) (laughs) So we are coming up to kind of the top of the hour and something we love to do with all of our guests is really give you the floor. So if there's anything else you want our listeners to know, about conversational commerce, what you're doing at Isle, you know, the importance of, of retail and online data. Um, we'd love to know what you want to, what tidbits uh, you want to leave our listeners with. Yes. Wow. Well, first of all, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you guys could get past the, the quite funny remarks. But I think specifically for this audience, I think what's really cool and that, again, if it's a value is that that new iOS update, right? It's all right. Everyone's talking about that 15.12345. You know what I mean? And for us, some of our online brands, like we're giving them a fixed CPA of 15, 20, 25, $30 on net new shoppers, right? And it's because we're literally just users love it and we're just passing that along. Obviously, we, we can't handle that scale and we want to partner with someone like Repeat or someone who could really take that to the next level, you know? Yeah, I I think if we well let's cut out all the like online shopping stuff because it's kind of irrelevant or if people want to whatever. I thank you everyone for listening. If you want to join Isle and get started with a program, I'll offer all of our listeners 
adjusted rate on their first campaign, and it's quite a good deal. So feel free, call, text, whatever. See you guys there. Amazing. We will definitely make sure um, to give you the exposure you deserve. I'm, I'm again, I, I use Isle. I love it. Huge fan. And Tiffin, we are such a fan of yours. This was, re- I could, this was the most fun uh, to record for sure. Thank and for you. our listeners out there, if they want to follow along and get more tidbits from Tiffin, where can they <laughs> find you? Where, where do you hang out on the internet? Oh man, I guess Twitter. I have, I'm a reply guy, so take that with a grain of salt. I'm not coming out with original content, but I'll follow along with you guys. So it's Tiffin one is my Twitter. But if you really want to get to intimately know me, sign up probably in the show notes below. That's where you'll actually really get to know kind of what we're working on. You'll get the YouTube, but yeah, appreciate you guys. Awesome. Tiffin, thank you so, so much. This was an absolute blast. Um, And we're just so, we're just so grateful that you spent some time with us. So hopefully Hopefully this isn't the last time that we get to chat. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Stephanie, thank you so much. Matt, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for letting me come on the show and just ramble. Hey, better you than me. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Everyone else will catch you on the next episode. As we wrap up today's episode, another shout out to our sponsor, Postscript, the leader in SMS marketing for Shopify and Shopify Plus brands. If you're not already using Postscript, be sure to check out their free 30-day trial. That's right. 30 full days, an entire calendar month for free. We've heard some brands have made over $100,000 during their free trial, so don't sleep on this. For your 30-day free trial, check out the link in our show notes or visit postscript.io. Again, that's postscript.io to start your free trial today.